0: Welcome to the Property Boom Show with Todd Polkey. Straight talk about how to make big money from property in today's market. Hey, good morning everybody and welcome to uh, number four or five of Ask Todd. I can't quite remember, I'll find out later. Today we are going to be talking about um, a question which has been thrown at me a lot in the last few weeks, and that is of course the latest media frenzy all around Labor government wanting to scrap negative gearing. Now I wanted to um, add in some really cool sound effects like dun 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 or something like that, but um, I really haven't got my head around making movies just yet, so I won't bother doing that, but um, you, you got my sound effect, like right? dun dun dun. Um, and uh, you know, it's just the latest media frenzy. I figure they must have already exhausted their um, their process of uh, using the the housing bubble as the major media frenzy uh, point. For the year already so they've moved on to the next one which is all about this latest thing negative gearing which in fact is not a latest thing it's been bandied around for many many years now about the government scrapping negative gearing but it's emerged its head again and the media have taken it and run with it so I want to cover a video about that so we can actually talk about it and have a discussion around it and understand well what is the government proposing and what does it mean for us and what does it really mean, right? And, and I'll give you my um, my personal thoughts and opinions on it as well, and um, and why I think it is a dumb, dumb, dumb idea. So, uh, Bill Shorten, the um, leader of the current opposition, so Labor, they've come out and they said, okay, they want to scrap negative gearing, right? And so, what that really means is that um, for and this is for all old houses, right? So. From July 2017 which is if they get in government with the um you know the the thing is if and all our news polls right now say that liberal is going to win and I even did a mini poll with all my investors last night on one of my um uh, one of our, our fortnight Q& a calls that we did and literally 100 percent is that no way labor is going to get in government but you know what maybe they're a little bit swayed because of some this, um, this negative gearing thing but we had a big conversation around this last night And so the leader of the opposition has come out and said, okay, after July 2017, for all existing property, for all existing property, they're going to scrap the negative gearing benefit. But they will keep it there for newer properties because they want to continue stimulating construction to bring more and more supply into the market, stimulate the economy, stimulate jobs and all those different things associated with it. So, um, but they would also uh, change capital gains tax ruling. So currently how the capital gains tax ruling uh, exists is that for your own home, that remains capital gains tax free for a period of six years after you effectively move out of it and you don't have another primary residence. So that part of it, they're saying, is absolutely not gonna change. It's kind of sacrosanct to, um, to Australia and the Great Australian Dream and all that stuff. So but what they are saying is that, um, you know, the other part of it is that if you hold a property uh, you know like an investing property, for 12 months or more the current law exists is that you get a 50% reduction in capital gains tax. That's the current discount that you get. And the, so the Labor government are proposing to bring that down to a 25% tax reduction. So what they're saying this is going to do, um, their, their benefit of it is that it's going to uh, bring, the you know, put some more money back into the budget so they can actually cover their spending that they're proposing, which is what Labor tends to do. They come into power and they spend a lot of money. That's what they tend to do. Liberal come into the power and they try and save money, that's just what tends to happen on a, on a consistent ongoing um, basis as they, uh, as they change parties. Um, so it's going to add some more money to the, um, to the budget so they can cover other things they want to spend money on and they're also saying it's going to make it fairer for uh, the Australian property market and so first home buyers can get back into the marketplace. Which is, a, which is a good thing. You know, you want first home buyers to be able to get that great Australian dream. I have a bit of a conspiracy theory that moving forward into the future, many years into the future, that we will tend to become a bit of a nation of renters. And, uh, you know, that already exists in a lot of other countries. But I think that actually probably will wind up happening in, a, in Australia at some point in time. And, um, you know, what, what that means is that, you know, landlords are really going to be the people that actually are investing in property already and can pass portfolios down from generation to generation. You know, you, that's whenever I work with my students. It's never just about building wealth for now. It's about building a a legacy wealth that you can pass down from generation. That's really my perspective on it anyway. So they're saying it's going to make it fairer for people to get into the marketplace. So okay, and anyone anyone that does anything, you, any property you already have, anything you buy up until July two thousand seventeen, that is all grandfathered into the current system. Meaning it's for, for anyone that's got deals right now or is doing stuff before July two thousand seventeen, absolutely nothing is going to change. So that is a policy that's being put on the table. And you know, look, at that. they've made some really stupid comments, right? They've um, you know the the Bill Shorten and whoever that finance person is on, on labor, they've come in and said that um, that you know it's going to impact people who are negatively gearing, who are buying their seventh house. I mean, what a ridiculous, stupid comment. The reality of the matter is, is that there are so few people who wind up buying more than one investment property in their entire life. I think the statistics from the last census in 2011 is that if you own, I think it was... um four or more investment properties that already puts you in the top .075% of the entire population. And I did some quick stats before, you know that's probably 18,000 people, right? So they're making really ridiculous comments around that. The big issue I have with this is that they are um, taking away an incentive for everyday people to go and try and create some more financial security and financial freedom in their life, right? Um, because, you know, so, so few people wind up investing in property, it's not funny. And so we're taught that, okay, if we rely upon the superannuation, then everything's going to be okay. Now, overwhelmingly, no matter who I talk to, they are really um, disillusioned with the superannuation system, and they're really disappointed the results are going to create it. And um, I heard this, uh, one of my students said it to me last night, it's a great quote, Uh, I don't know where they read it from. But it's a great quote. Was that saying you you're, It's easier to predict your own death than it is to predict what they're going to do with superannuation anyway, next, and that's so so true. They're always changing the goalposts there, and and I think in the future it's going to get tightened up more and more so because the reality of the matter is is that the government cannot afford an ongoing pension for the ageing population. They just can't, and they've already come out and said, okay, well Scott Morrison said in um, I think it was December last year, and he came out with his uh, with this uh, news release saying that. Um, The pension is not a right. It's for people who really need it. And that's what the government does, right? They want to seed it into the minds of the general population first. And so they're, they're seeding it there and setting people up to make changes down the track. And I absolutely think that's going to happen, is that the pension is not going to be a right, but it's going to be for people who really need it. But as Australians, we've had this um, we've had this safety net there that, you know what, oh, even if we don't take control or take care of our financial life or take responsibility for our financial future, the government has got our back. Now, they're saying, well, you know what, that's maybe well, that's still true, but it's not gonna be there for absolutely everyone. It's not something to take advantage of. And so, in one point, they're encouraging people, well, you've gotta create your own financial um, financial security for the future, but at another time, they're disincentivizing property investing to be a part of that for the average person. And again, the average person might buy one or two investment properties in their entire life, and that's literally it. Now, anyone that's probably listening into this type of video um, or any of my students, you know, it's not just about buying one or two properties that they want to build a portfolio, which is going to create financial freedom. And that might be three, four, five, six properties. It's never about the number of properties you own. It's about the results it creates for you in your life. But it seems insane to me to disincentivise average Australians to be able to invest in assets which over time have historically proved consistent and to being, um, you know, Australians have a love affair with property, be one of the most consistent performers and secure asset classes to be able to create a little bit of wealth, create a bit of financial security, and to be able to secure people's future. It just seems crazy to take that type of incentive away um, and making Australians more likely, oh, well, what am I gonna do now? Okay, I'll invest in the share market or I'll put money into my superannuation, right? So, um, it just seems absolutely insane to me. But, Let's say that that this did, and that's just my opinion, right? And um, I think it's very valid, but that's just my opinion. Now, let's just say that okay, well, um, you know, this this policy is on the table of Labor come to government. So let's talk about it. Well. What's the likelihood of Labor getting into government first and foremost? You know, right now um, the latest Roy I think it's Roy Morgan poll suggests. I just looked it up before. Is that Liberal still have a solid lead on there? And, and you know, if the election was called right now, Malcolm Turnbull will be the um, the Prime Minister all over again. And uh, I personally think that's going to happen. I, I think that's where, where the um, where the trend is really going. And an election needs to be called before. I think it is January 17 or something like that, two thousand seventeen. However, a lot of um, I a lot of news articles recently that you know, they're predicting that our uh, election might be called somewhere between May to June this, in 2016. But who knows? We'll have to wait and see. So, even if, okay, well, what if there's an upset and Labor gets into power? Okay. Okay. Great. Does that mean that they can automatically just introduce this this um this bill? They can introduce this policy, and it's just done and dusted like that? And the answer is absolutely not. So they've got a they've got a whole um process, legislative um process where they have to submit this bill, submit this policy, go through government. It's got to be debated between both sides of, of party. You know, liberal that are to- that are to- come out and said they're totally against it, and Labor. You are know, Bill Shorten's for it. Who knows who else is for it in the Labor Party? So they debate it, debate it, debate it and debate it, and. And, you know, the current policy as it exists, as what Bill is, um, is saying, it will be whittled down and whittled down and, and uh, watered down somewhat, and then maybe it might go through, okay? So even if it does go through in July 2017 is what they're suggesting, that if it does go through and, and there's an upset and the Labor and the into power, if it does go through, let's talk about what that actually means. So, what they're saying is that if for all older properties, existing properties, now let's just forget about your current portfolio, right? Because you've got that, that's grandfathered into the situation, anything you do up until 2017. And by the way, this should be in another incentive going, okay, well, continue your investing portfolio, get in before any potential changes could happen. But you've always got to be thinking about, well, if this does come in, then what impact is that going to have? As a property investor, I have a firm belief that there's never a bad time to be investing, a very firm belief. It's just a different time. So we look at what's going on in the marketplace. We look at the trends. We look at the economy. We look at um, you know, the property cycles. We look at interest rates. We look at it all and go, okay, well, what does this really mean to us? And the same with that, like the APRA stuff that has just come in, where it's tightened up, literally tightened up serviceability. I won't go into that detail here. But really, what it's done is tighten up serviceability for investors, okay? And it's slowed down the level of investors in the marketplace, which is a good thing at this point in time, where investors have been making up such a large portion of the market. That doesn't mean property investing is stuffed. It just means that we need to change our approach. We need to do some different things, keep moving forward. And this is the exact same thing. If this negative gearing stuff did come into it, Okay, well, what would that mean? Now, so um, it's not gonna affect new construction, all right? So in newer properties, it's not gonna affect it whatsoever. So you can keep buying newer and newer properties, no issues whatsoever. But they're suggesting that it's designed so um, first home buyers have an opportunity to get into the marketplace. Okay, great, so what does that mean? That means that, well, the first home buyers getting into the marketplace, that means that um, there's gonna be more demand in purchasing for a particular type of product. Right, that uh, tend to be more geared towards 1st home buyers and particularly newer type of properties, they wanna get their little dream home or whatever it is. Okay, so does that mean that we go and target Newer type of, um, those type of properties which are designed for 1st home buyers. Does it mean that? Because that's where the demand might be flowing, so that might be an opportunity to get into those type of properties where there's gonna be a lot of demand going into that marketplace where these 1st um, you know, home buyers, that they're buying a home, right? So they're making an emotional decision, buying a home. So does that mean there's gonna be more demand in that type of product area? Okay, potentially. Does that mean there's a potential profit? Yeah, potentially, absolutely. Okay, so what else could it mean? It could mean that, well, the level of investors might drop out of the marketplace, so there might be as many investors in the market because um, it's taking away one of those incentives. Now I never invest purely for tax reasons, that is stupid, ridiculous investing. What you're basically saying if you're investing like that, and unfortunately a lot of accountants who have no idea about property investing or really wealth creation whose primary outcome is to reduce tax, what that is really saying is that um, use give away a dollar and you get 30 cents back in tax. Now, that's not a good investment in anyone's books, pure and simple, right? But that's often what is a lot of people do. So, um, I never invest purely for in tax reasons. But So it would lower the level of investors in the marketplace. Okay, well, what does that mean? Okay, that means there's less demand from investors in the marketplace. Does that mean that we might be in a better negotiating position for that particular type of product that investors might tend to target? Because there's less demand, more supply, we might be able to go and target some better deals and get some better discounts. That's another possibility. Okay. So another possibility is that, um, you know, because more people are jumping out of the rental market and going into buy properties, well, what does that mean to the rental market? Okay, well, that could mean that there might be a bit of a reduction in rent in a certain type of product that the first home buyers were originally renting. All right, so do we need to prepare for that? Yes, potentially, okay, so we need to look at that. Is that something which is going to happen and what do we need to do about it, right? And so all that really means is all right, you you mentioned, I mentioned three times there, a certain type of product. So that means, okay, well, is that a good thing that we can take take advantage of that type of um, demand in that product? And if there's less demand over here, do we avoid that? Okay, well, that's a possibility. So as an investor, we just go, well, what's happening in the marketplace? What does it mean to us? And what do we need to do to move forward? And that's how you've got to think as a property investor. There's never a bad time, it's just a different time. And so we've always gotta we've gotta get out of this whole. The media sends everyone into a frenzy and oh the, the chicken little syndrome, right? The sky is falling, the sky is falling, and then everything settles down. Oh the sky didn't bloody fall in and everything's okay. Great, let's keep going. Guys, don't stop, just keep investing. You've just got to constantly, consistently change your approach moving forward as a property investor based on what is going on in the marketplace and where is the opportunity now for me to continue moving forward. And I've got one final point to make out of that. This impacting negative gearing, right? Now, no one wants to hold a negatively geared portfolio forever and a day. I don't have a problem with some properties being negatively geared. I don't generally like a whole portfolio being negatively geared and the reason I say that is that some properties, yes they're a little bit negatively geared when you've got them highly um, geared with a higher LVR of even 80 to 90%, especially while um, rental yields are really, really low. But the reality of the matter is some of those are the best growth products. No one's going to deny that your capital growth is where you're going to make your real wealth and real estate, full stop. would you be okay if one property costs you $5,000 a year, yet it made you a couple of hundred thousand dollars a year in, in capital growth? You know, it's just a no-brainer. Now, obviously, everyone wants the capital growth and they want the cash flow, but often those two things don't tend to go together, especially right now when we're in such a low rental yielding environment, right? But I like to have a portfolio um, neutral to positive overall because you don't want it to be impacting your lifestyle moving forward, right? So, but even if you did the negative gearing, well, that's a short-term outlook behind an overall portfolio. Ultimately, even if your portfolio is negative geared now, you wanna turn it into positive cash and positive geared, where this whole negative gearing thing is just a null and void conversation now, okay? So we just need to be aware of that. It's a short-term perspective, and even if it does come in, which I don't think it will, they've spoken about this before, I don't think Labor's gonna get into power, I don't think it would go through in their current, in how they've represented it anyway okay um, so we've just got to go well, what's going on in the marketplace what does it mean to us how do we need to move forward all right so um, i I need to cover that because it's a big question which is coming up time and time again so guys I hope you got a lot out of that um, make sure you leave your comments under the video or let me know your thoughts and let me know any other um, your perspective and what's going on and, and what that might mean to you and how you might think you might move forward in your property investing remember guys um, this is the ask Todd segment so make sure you send in your questions around anything you want to talk about whether it be wealth or big property, whether it be health, whatever it is, personal, um, you know, personal development, psychology, whatever way, shape, or form you guys think I might be able to add some value and help you guys to really thrive in your life. That's what it's all about. Thanks so much, guys. I will see you at the next show.